Welcome to Cooler Heads with your host, Jed Hayford of Mission Peace. This is a show about finding the voice of reason in contentious times, trying to have more reasonable conversation with less venom and division. Now, here's Jed Hayford. Greetings in my fondest of warm salutations, Cooler Heads Nation. So glad to have you here. I'm here with producer DJ. He's the real hero. We know that. If you know anything about this show, you know that he's the real hero of the sandwich. Mmm, sandwich. So glad you've joined us. We're going to talk today about ambition versus greed. We're going to talk a little bit about, about drive versus selfish ambition. And uh, we're actually even going to talk a little bit about socialism versus capitalism. And I'm going to tie it all together when my guest comes in. I'm going to tie it all together with a beautiful bow, not unlike the one that producer DJ wears in his hair. Oh, that's lovely. But first, I got to tell a story. That's right. We're going to get allegorical up in here. I want you to imagine we live on an island and it's beautiful and we make a life together. Us, us, this group of people. And on this island grows these beans. They're actually very nutritious and you can live off them. And you're starting to wonder about the repercussions of being trapped on an island with people who eat nothing but beans, but it's fine, I promise. And the beans are plentiful and we, we gather them and we use a system that we've agreed upon. We all, all of us that live on the island, we've agreed that we gather for six hours a day. We spend the rest of the time just getting our chill on, right? But for six hours a day, we gather these beans, we put them all into one big old pot and then they get divided out equally to the families. And there's one guy who's got a job. His job is to count up all these beans and then disperse them evenly and equally to the families. And, and that guy is me. Here I am counting the beans one day that everyone's gathered. We've all done our, our equal share of the work and I'm dividing them up. And one day I say, you know what? I really like a few extra beans. You know, I like a little bit of extra protein. I got a couple sons in my house. I think they're destined for the professional sports leagues here on the islands and they need a little extra protein. I'm just going to hoard unto myself just two or three extra beans from each family so that I get this, this extra pile. Now, what is that? That's corruption, right? At that moment, the moment that I'm willing to do harm to others for my own gain. And I could say, oh, it's just a little bit of harm. They're not going to miss these two or three beans per family, right? I could justify it, but I'm corrupt and I'm starting to wreck the system because I'm willing to harm others for my own gain, right? That's greed. It's wrong. As soon as that creeps in, that corruption, it's human nature. It's going to happen. As soon as that creeps in, problem. And you could say, well, the harm is minimal, but let's say there's a whole bunch of us being counters and we all do it. We all hoard a little bit to ourselves and that's the expense of everyone else and people on the island start suffering because they're not getting enough nutrition. Meanwhile, we're enriching ourselves. And people are like, well, that's socialism. Yeah, say, settle down. It's going to be okay. The issue is not the system. The issue is what? It's greed. The issue is corruption. Well, can greed and corruption ruin other systems? Can they ruin other things? Well, let's say similar uh, situation, but on this island, we're still all together. We still have a system we've agreed upon, but on this island, the beans are kind of like money. Yeah, you can eat them, but there's way more delicious things on the island. There's there's coconuts and there's, uh, there's pineapples, mm, tropical. And there's a lady who will bake you some bread. She's figured out a way how to do this so you can give her some beans and uh, she'll give you this delicious bread. So that's that's like capitalism, right? The, the beans are like money and we're trading. It's still our labor, but also in this this island, you can stay out extra hours, gather as many beans as you want. If you want to work really hard, you get more of them and you got more to trade for other stuff. So you can get a nicer hut. You can get more pineapple. You can do whatever. Now this is corruption 
proof, right? There's no problem in this system. A couple guys get together and they say, hey, let's squeeze out the coconut guy. Let's drive his prices down, drive him out of business. We'll take over his coconut business or let's just drive his prices down so his stuff is worth less, makes our stuff worth more. Hey, let's cordon off a part of this island and say that only, only we can gather beans here and we'll get more than everybody else and we'll be rich. Hey, let's go to the leaders. Let's say there's some leaders, right? And let's bribe the leaders to say that our beans are worth more than other people's. We'll get more, they'll get less. There's that same moment of I'm willing to harm someone else for my own gain because of my own greed. And now we've got a problem, right? Corruption is the problem in any system. It could be in a business. It could be in a family. Someone is willing to abuse their power, right? If I'm that bean counter, I've been given this responsibility. It means, unfortunately, I've been given a little bit of power. And every human being gets tempted to abuse their power. I think the only one who never abused his power was a guy named Jesus. The rest of us, we get some power. We get tempted to abuse it. I'm thinking about Mexico now. Been to Mexico many times. I love it. Love the place. Beautiful, gorgeous. If you've been, you know what I'm talking about. Amazing place. Amazing people. Mexico has, a lot of people don't know this, but vast natural resources. Mexico has actually a lot of things that you say they should be rich like the United States. The, the country of Mexico should be rich just like the United States is because they have a lot of the same benefits. I mean, they, they got beautiful beaches. They got natural resources. They have the hardest working people. They have amazing, if you want to just talk about a, a labor force, they have amazing resources. Why are they not as rich as the United States? Well, there's a bunch of reasons, but the number one reason, corruption. Corruption ruins. And it's not just in the government, it's the cartels and those, those things are tied together. But you have people who are willing to abuse their power at the expense of and at the harm of others and it ruins everything. I have really no point to this story whatsoever. I just wanted to tell the story. Just kidding. Uh, this is going to lead us into what we talk about every week, which is the reasonable take. For this week's reasonable take, I want to ask the question, what about greed? What about ambition? What about drive? What about selfish ambition? Especially when it comes to business and commerce and making money. Are these things good? Are they necessary? There's a whole lot of people who believe that you have to be cutthroat and climbing over other people in order to succeed. My um, guess this week is, is probably going to say otherwise. I don't know exactly what he's going to say, but I think he's going to say otherwise. Here's the big idea for me. As soon as I'm willing to harm some else for my gain. I'm wrecking it for everybody. Whatever system there is. That's why we don't have nice things. One of the problems within, in history, at least with a lot of socialistic governments, is where's the corruption usually? Is it at the bottom? No, it tends to be at the top, which means it's really, really hard to weed out. This is why I personally am very much against concentrations of power. I always love to see power be pushed down closer to the people, closer to the, the local and the small, I root for the small, I root for the local, I root for the little guy, I root openly against Amazon. Why? Because I think I think they have too much power. They grew and made massive amounts of money during COVID. And to me, that is not a good thing. When there is a crisis in society and I'm able to get richer and richer and richer because of it, probably not a good sign. So I'm against 
power because we know power corrupts. So the bigger the power, the bigger the corruption, or at least the potential for corruption. Well, I'm just a person trying to make it in this world and work and make money and take care of my family. What can I do? What can I do about these issues? Let me give you some practical thoughts. One is I can go out of my way to support local. I can go out of my way to support mom and pop. I know these business owners. I know who they are. I know what they're about. I know that they're good people. I know that they take good care of their employees. That's a big deal to me. I know that they care about taking good care of the environment. I know that they're ethical people. I'll go out of my way to buy from their shop versus order it off of Amazon, even if it's not as convenient. Can I go out of my way to research and find these small, local, ethical companies, uh, employee-owned companies, co-op companies, companies where they don't have CEOs making billions while they're paying people you know, minimum wage or, or, or bare, bare minimum? It's one thing for me to speak out against Nike, right? I don't like their practices. I don't like that they use child labor. It's another thing to find and seek out DJ's shoe company. Now, this is mythological. It's, it's a wish. Maybe he'll hear this and he'll do it. But he, you know, he found this factory that was abandoned in West Virginia. And he said, I'll pay people an honest wage to make these shoes. And we'll we'll take a little bit of that power away from this massive conglomerate that is obviously abusing their power. Right. So I can go out of my way to research and support the small, the local, the ethical. And I can also go out of my way to not support the gigantic, unethical, gobbling up other companies mowing down competitors, the environment in their path. And if a whole bunch of us decide to do that, it doesn't have to be this big deal. I'm not, I'm not calling for boycotts or people to uh, you know, burn all their Nike stuff. But if a bunch of us make a concerted and intentional effort to support the small and the local and avoid as much as we can the gigantic the, I'll say, less ethical. By the way, just because a company's huge and making lots of money, it doesn't mean that they're on... Eh, okay, it probably does. It probably does. No, unfortunately, it's hard in the system that we have right now, in the, in the commerce that's really worldwide, but especially in the United States, companies that grow and grow and grow, when they reach a certain point, and that's one of my questions I want to ask my guest, when you reach a certain point of wealth, should you stop ethically? Should you say, all right, all I'm going to do now is share. All I'm going to do is help other people get richer. All I'm going to do is help the people that are below me on this uh, financial food chain. And I'm going to stop gathering unto myself. I have enough. I can be more than generous and I can be just fine. I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask my guests that very question. But ladies and gentlemen, that's my challenge to you. Challenge accepted. Rather than complain about it, that's what we have a tendency to do. Can we find ways to go out of our way to support those local good people who are just working hard and trying to, to make a business and make a living, support their families? And can we go out of our way a little bit to avoid the ones that we know? Some of their practices are hurting people. Uh, I, you can look up a lot of these companies. You can see there's information. What are they paying CEOs? What are they paying top executives versus what are they paying their entry-level employees? And unfortunately, that disparity makes uh, the situation ripe for corruption. And many people listening right now would say, actually, that is corruption. I have nothing against whoever you are, your ability to make money. But as soon as it's harming other people, I have to at least look at it and say, Houston, we have a problem. Do I really need to be doing this, harming other people for my own gain? That, ladies and gentlemen, is a reasonable take. 
We are so blessed to have a new sponsor on Cooler Heads. My friend, fun and hilarious guy, Evan Money. He and his bride have put together a wonderful program called Marriage of Greatness. They will teach you how to restore the fun and the flow of love in your marriage. They make it fun. They make it easy. This uh, includes lessons you can go back to over and over again and monthly access to them. Check out the link in our show notes for a special deal on Evan Money's Marriage of Greatness program. Check out the link. You'll be glad you did. Whether it's your first home or the home of your dreams, Jason Roshek Partners, your Coldwell Banker first choice realtors, are there ready to help. They have the properties and the knowledge of the front range and a caring staff to help guide you through this entire process. Please do yourself a favor. Get a hold of my friend Jason Roshek at jasonroshek.com. That's Roshek with a K or 719-237-0394. A real person will help you and you can call, text, or email. That's Jason Roshek, jasonroshek.com. 719-237-0394. I got a few great thoughts this week from you, my wonderful listeners, on this topic. William says, the image of ruthless competition is inappropriate in the long term. Game theory and modeling has shown that in the short term, ruthlessness wins. But if your games go on with multiple continual interactions, then fair dealing is the winning strategy. I'm not talking about altruism. One can be one can be self-interested and still have long-term strategies which involve mutual assistance and cooperation. Jesse says, ambition to me is striving to be the best I can be, not necessarily ruthless or cutthroat in competition. I work hard every day and make my goals known. John says, everyone measures success differently. If career and cash are your metric, then cutthroat is survival of the fittest. Whereas if real relationships and peace of mind are the metric, then the answer would be different. Super excited to have my guest with us this week. I'm here with H.B. Pasley in the studio. We're old friends. We're old friends, and, and that, that's a blessing to me. Uh, he is a business coach and also a growth advocate. I'm going to ask him what that means because I don't know. Sounds fancy, doesn't it? But we're so excited to have H.B. Pasley here in the house. Thank you. I really appreciate the invitation. I do. Man, thanks for coming on Cooler Heads. Well, it's nice. You're doing good stuff. Um, catching up with you in the last few months has been really fun, Jed, because you've always had a heart for helping human beings. Uh, and sometimes you pick out some really special ones to help. Maybe I'm on that list. I appreciate it. That's exactly why you're here. You're a special <laughs> human being that I that needs help. That's that's exactly why we invited you. No, what we invited you, we, we've been talking about this idea of, of kind of ambition versus greed mm. and a, a drive for success versus kind of a ruthlessness. And I can't think of anybody better to address this than you. But so let's start Tell, tell people just a little bit about you and your background and what you do. By the way, I like that setup. It sounded like you might have known me as a ruthless human crusher. <laughs> yes. You're here to I've, be. You're here to talk about the pro ruthless. Yes, I've stood on the heads of many people to get to the elevation <laughs> that I wanted to get to. That's why I'm here. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Growth advocate. I love and have always loved coaching people. There's just something about like I love being a dad. Uh, but long before I was a dad, even when I was really a young man, there was something exciting about helping other people do a thing. So you're a mentor. Your gift, your gifts are that way. Yeah. Maybe I was an old soul because I wanted to be a dad when I was young. And that spills over into the way that you do business or the way you go about your creative work. It's sort of the sense that helping other people's light bulbs turn on is more fun than turning on your own light bulb. Oh, I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. So growth advocate was a great way for me to just spend a little, maybe a little newer language around the idea of being a business advisor. Most people just see me as a third party 
perspective. Do you ever use the, that word consultant? Uh, sometimes, but occasionally consultants are the guys that you hire because you can't fix the plumbing. So you want to shove them under your sink so they can fix that thing in your business for you. Yes. And I'm not going crack for a business <laughs> owner, if you know what I mean. As a consultant, I've been shoved under a few sinks. So <laughs> I know what you mean. Here, the different, here's the difference too, is that since I work with owners and executives and leaders, my role is to never stand in front of them when they're ready to take the microphone. So they always have the stage and it's their job to be the dynamic leader. So I'm the guy in the back room working with owners and leaders who are trying to get to the next level and they want a little third party perspective and encouragement. And I coach from behind the scenes. Just helping them be better from behind the scenes. And do you do that with both big and small businesses? Well, I'd like to say that I only work with uh, Fortune 100 companies, but at this point, I <laughs> to be more humble, a lot of local businesses actually, Colorado Springs Wonderful. and Denver, tons of, we might say, middle-sized businesses. Let's just call them regionally important businesses where people are changing other people's lives. Real people. See, I just dogged, you missed it, but I just dogged the Fortune 100 companies and was very pro-local, small- <laughs> I fell right into it. Impossible. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> we couldn't have planned this better had we planned. Yeah, I'll take that hundo right after the interview. You bet, you bet. So yeah, you'll, you'll help people of, of who are in business, you'll help them get better at what they do and serve their customers better. Yeah, there's two words that always come up, growth or exit. If you're a business owner, normally you're you're conquering the next hill. Yes. And because I've spent my whole life, almost 40 years in self-employment and business, starting things and working with teams and messaging. And you're humble, but you've conquered a lot of hills. It's, I've just say. been around a long time and I've made a lot of mistakes. I've tried so many things that I failed at more stuff than most people have even attempted. So it, you, I took a lot of notes, Jed. It gives you so much wisdom. I took so many notes, right? I keep reviewing these things. So growing is fun for me because that's an adventure of moving forward and taking the next hill and putting your flag in it. I understand how leaders think in that arena, but there's also a time when every leader starts to think, you know, I can't sit in the seat forever. And usually it's people that have been very successful. They start thinking, how do I exit this thing gracefully? They start thinking about sailboats and grandkids and stuff like that. <laughs> there, there is that because nobody can stay situated, even if they're wonderful pioneers. I talked to a guy this morning who owns a fabulous business up at the UVC, and he's been in the business for nine or 10 years. It's really, really a great people or into business, but he said, you know, I, I just feel like God made me to uh, pioneer things. So I've sort of entered the maintenance stage of the business and now I'm getting bored. Ready to do something else. All right. That's part of exit planning. It's not just selling, it's situating yourself for your next phase and people have to go through transition. So I work in those two things, grow, exit. So if someone wants to grow or they're looking to move on, you're the, you're the guy they want to get a hold of. Both require transitions. And who doesn't need a friend if you're going through a big change? That's a really good point. Uh, Luckily, everything has just stayed stayed the same for me and stable, so I don't, I don't need any friends. Shut up. Hallelujah. Every time I meet you, you've evolved into some next thing. That's true. That's just because of my, my ADD kicks like a, in. Uh, if you didn't yeah, catch the beginning of this show, you'll you'll know what I mean about the ADD meds. <laughs> you told me when we sat down, I didn't mean to redirect it all, but you were talking about this, the theme of um, ambition versus, did you put it against something or just how to? Well, I would say ambition, you could, we could just say ambition versus selfish ambition or uh. Or drive to succeed versus greed, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that I mean that's how we started. Is I think there are people who think if if you've made a lot of money or you've been successful, you must have stepped on some people. 
Uh. I believe that's not necessarily the case. There's also a sense of is is our system built? This is maybe this is the question to ask you. Is our system built or set up so that you do have to be ruthless to, to get anywhere, or can you be an altruistic, generous person and still succeed in this business environment? Oh, and that's an actual question. That's a rhetorical. real question. No. Well, <laughs> who needs rhetorical questions? <laughs> what what good are they? I appreciate you setting up the question. It's an easy one for me. I have a lot of professional colleagues in this city, uh, attorneys and bankers and financial planners and other kinds of people that work with businessmen. And they're all going to advertise on Cooler Heads starting now. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Shameless and perfect. Sorry, point. sorry. Businesswomen as well. And what I found is those that are most successful have an absurd commitment to generosity. Hmm. The and most successful people are yes, generous. Abs- of all of them, I can... I could start naming names, but that is I've, fantastic news. Well, I found that they get so committed to generosity. They, I don't know if you know, you could say it's a karma thing. You know, whatever you sow in the ground comes back, that kind of a thing. I think they've also determined that by showing great generosity, you tend to attract those with generous hearts. You, yes, you, you create gravity by how you sort of present and how you believe about yourself and others. So, yeah, generosity, I think, is actually maybe the antidote for everything as it relates to how to make sure I worked with artists for 20 plus years and all artists like performing artists, recording artists, they're very special. They're very special. (laughs) (laughs) And you say that as a a musician, you can say they're special. It's okay for you to say that. Well, isn't that special? Yeah. And they're, a lot of artists that are very benevolent are really concerned about their pride and their ego. They realize that they get a lot of attention, they get a lot of applause, and they wonder if it's going to eat their soul. Hmm. So my coaching remedy for that at all times was simply have a generous mission statement in your head at all times. Be thinking about who you're serving at all times. Be thinking about the audience and how much you care for them at all times. That is, if you put all of your energy, even if you're getting the applause, which, hey, we all want, sure, you got there because you were trying to generously be awesome and helpful and encouraging and exciting and wowing to the people that you were with. And so it becomes about them, not about you. Then boom, all of a sudden you realize, oh, I'm not really a selfish SOB. <laughs> so if you are constantly in giving mode, your ego is not going to get so overblown that it, that it eats you up. It helps me. I'm creative by nature. And so I like attention. I want people to go, yay, when I do a thing. I love ta-da. Which is going to happen when people listen to this, by the way. That's that's totally yeah, And to happening. me, this is, this is not a nuance. You either do ta-da because you really need it. If they don't tell me I'm awesome, then I am diminished. <laughs> or you come to it going, I'm already awesome. We could talk about where that comes from on another show. <laughs> but I'm already awesome, and I'm doing ta-da because I want you to have an experience. I mean, Yeah, it, I got it, done with this thing, and it's good. Hey, look at it. Yeah. And as an art, and that's what artists do. Artists, of course, a lot of times they're, they're self-effacing and... and uh, uh, you know, falsely humble, but they they get done with something and they go, I want people to see this. Sure, it's they good, do. and they should. It's and only should. natural that they should. They shouldn't feel bad about that. Business owners, kind of the same way. Most of the business owners I serve are all about the work of helping people. This sort of focus that pushes them as generous givers and generous contributors to the welfare of others yes. is usually what opens up new business. And there's nothing wrong with that. Saying, hey, here, look at this good thing that we did. Correct. Let's do more of it. There's a great little book out, Patrick Lancioni, I believe. I hope I pronounced his last name right. It's called The Naked Advisor. And nope, there's no pictures in the book. It's just words. Thank goodness, yeah. Just so you know. Uh, It's a wonderful book. It it really outlines this principle. For those of us who advise and deliver wisdom for a living, that there's no better attitude than to simply 
show up and provide value. Don't mm-hmm. wait for a contract. Don't wait to be begged. Don't wait to be told that you're special. Just show up and start being helpful. It's that kind of generosity that moves great business forward. That was kind of my hope with this show. And uh, I like to, to think that I d- dispense some wisdom, of course, just a little tiny bit. But that was kind of my idea, too, is, is let's put something out there that's good. And hopefully uh, they will come. If you build it, he will come. That's, well, that's the hope. I'm so glad you're on the radio because I know your heart for people. These days, we need more helium balloons and less concrete blocks. <laughs> so if we can just get out there and hand out more helium balloons to people, who's everybody's going to say thank you. And there's sort of a community lift, right? Eyebrows yeah. go up. If everybody keeps handing out concrete blocks, whether they're on socials or in person, everybody goes down. Everybody goes down, not just the you know the giver, but the receiver too. So let's lift people up. Well, I've I've been encouraging people to put down their uh, their haterade at least for uh, half an hour every week. <laughs> we don't do we don't do Kool Aid or haterade either on this show. Oh, yeah! we, just, we just drink the fountain of truth. I don't know what that means. I'm just making stuff up now. So you help people. Of course, you do drill down to specifics. Like you could make these moves mm-hmm. and get these results. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of a are you kind of a big picture guy as well? Um, high altitude. I think uh, if you're going to be a strategic perspective partner, you got to get up at altitude to see a problem from a different angle and a higher angle. This is almost always the case. Business owners find themselves so busy every week working in the business mm-hmm. and they know it in the back of their mind. They're supposed to pull back and work on it, on you know, get business. some altitude. So having a perspective partner, and that's me shamelessly plugging what I do, having somebody come in and go, hey, let's pull away and work on the business for an hour this week together. is sometimes a super benefit. Just that act alone, there's so much wisdom packed in business owners already. Mm-hmm. It's not that they need new wisdom from me. It's normally that they need discipline of space or an opportunity to just take a break and get up at altitude. And usually stuff just comes to them. And so you kind of free them up to, to get that higher altitude. Perspective. That is correct. And usually after that, I become a cartographer. <laughs> You're making the map to do it. Again. I am a map maker. It's another thing about me that I've just learned over four decades that I see maps like some people see, I don't know, dead people. I see dead people. Okay. That was a pretty good M. Night Shyamalan yeah. reference. Anybody? Like, we like Anybody, Anybody who, who has just a first, just a letter as a first name. <laughs> all right by me. I see maps. So if, if you're at point A and you start talking to me about point B, my mindset immediately, I go up to altitude and then we start talking about what are the steps and the angles and the options to help us get there in an efficient way. So again, I that's a maps. gift. That's a gift. I thought everybody did it. And then I realized over time, my the way that I'm built and my perspective is pace, and strategy and steps and let's get there. Because my whole life I've had to land the plane I've had to finish the radio show. I've had to complete the book or, you know, and that kind of technology requires map making so that you can bring that strategy to a practical outcome. And I just want to reiterate, seeing lots of people do this well, you can absolutely confirm that generosity is positive attribute in business. Mm -hmm. I've felt this since I was little. My mom, who was a Sunday school teacher, always taught me people remember how you make them feel. You said that when we had wontons last week, and I think I repeated it three times since then to other people. Well, I can't take the credit for it. But <laughs> thanks, Mom. There is something about, I want to go back there. It, with that business, they made me feel a certain way. I want to go back there. Mm-hmm. Or that company or that business made me feel a certain way, and I want to avoid them like the plague. It's a powerful thing. And I, I, for those people out there who are ambitious and in business, I want them to hear that, hey, here's a guy who's helped a lot of businesses get to the next level saying, you don't have to be ruthless. You don't have to be the bad guy who's stepping on everybody. You don't have to be the cliche of the uncaring and selfish uh, business owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very true. All I had to say was, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, that 
sound on radio. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of that. Well, that's uh, yeah, we got a lot of listeners down in the southern southern part of the United States, and they basically that's most of the texts I get from them is just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so speaking of shameless plugs, we do need to do this. How can people find you if they're looking for your your services or want to find out more about what you you do? How can they find you? HBPasley.com. So it's HB like honey biscuit because I'm from Alabama. All right. P A S L E Y dot com. This is a rather shameless promotion. Hey, it worked on me. Me too. HBPasley.com. That's right. You can drop in there and a little introduction to me, like a little online business card. And then if growth or exiting are important to you, you'll probably find some stuff to connect with. I'm kind of old school. I like to set up connections, phone calls. So you with end up, actual you human end up getting together with real people pretty yeah. quick if they're if they're interested in your services. Yeah, I just look, I I punched my card at the digital distribution machine for decades. <laughs> and I really at my age and station, I have no more tolerance for impersonal engagement. I only work with humans that I can make eye contact with. So I love that first 15 or 20 minutes, just hearing what a business owner is challenged by, what they're dealing with is very exciting for me. I always do a free consultation at the top just to get to know people. And sometimes I just end up being the networker in chief, enjoy a great lunch and move on. But And um, I know somebody who you should talk to and, and you do a lot of that stuff too, connector of people. Yeah. I love networking because it's part of resourcing and helping. I mean, if I, if I don't have the talent, I have to be humble enough to go, it's not me, but I know the guy. Wow. These are so, these are things that are principles on our show. And of course we believe very much in the human face-to-face connection. And uh, last week we talked about how, how we lost too much of that mm. uh, during the COVID time. We lost too much of the face-to-face human connection that we're actually made, we're actually created and built to have. Mm-hmm. Even if you got a baby there and what happens when we see a baby, our IQ points go way, way down and, we go, <laughs> and the baby smiles back at us. And that's, that's foundational. Mm-hmm. to who we are as human beings. And, and we just don't get enough of that anyway. And then you throw in uh, what we've been through as a society. And so I believe in that stuff very much. And let me just affirm you in the whole, let's meet face to face and be real human beings. Again, even even you are generous in, in this uh, exchange that maybe I can't help you, but I'm going to I'm gonna do everything I can. Yeah, wait, all right. don't I get paid for this spot? Oh, shoot. Yeah, there's that altruism thing. <laughs> just went out the window. We'll edit this part out. Don't worry, man. Don't. I want hey. people to think that, I mean, I want people to know that you're a good guy. I love your notes. That you're legit. You know what business owners have come in contact with in the last year is that their fixed assets stayed right where they were for many people. The building is still there. The machinery is still there. You know what they got in touch with? That human capital was worth more than they thought. Mm. And from this point forward, how we invest ourselves in humans and build great humans on our teams, um, it's going to be more mean more than ever before. And that requires person-to-person, interpersonal engagement and great leadership. What a great thought for us to end on. The human being thing, that's what's really valuable. All this other stuff is the uh, the widgets, but the human beings, they have inherent and immeasurable value. And uh, I know you believe that. And that's why I, I love what you do. And I really appreciate you coming on Cooler Heads. Thank you very much. Love being here. H.B. Pasley of hbpasley.com. That's with an L-E-Y. You got to find this guy, man. He's just, he's a delight and he will absolutely help you. If you got a business, big or small, you want to grow it or you want to transition on to something else. This is the man. H.B. Pasley, thank you so much for coming on. We'll be right back on KPPF. 
right now buying a home is super competitive. One of the advantages you can have is to get pre-qualified or pre-approved. And if you don't know the difference between those two things and you want to find out, you've got to talk to my friend, Scott Seaman. He is the master of all mortgages. If you need a refinance, I know those rates are starting to creep back up. This is the time to get a hold of Scott. How do you do that? Applywithscott.com. That's his website. Applywithscott.com. You can also call 719-352-7077. This is my friend since third grade. Get a hold of this guy and he will help you. Applywithscott.com. If you're in Southern Colorado and you've got anything going on with your roof, or maybe you're buying a property or selling a property, you need an inspection, you have to call my friends at Aspen Roofing Company, 719-684-0760. These are people I have known my entire life. They are absolutely trustworthy and they will do a great job for you. They do all types of roof, tile, shingles, anything you need. Get a hold of my friends at Aspen Roofing Company, 719-684-0760. I want to do a few things. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank my awesome guest, H.B. Pasley, for coming on and, and affirming to us that you don't have to be ruthless to be successful. You can be generous and still be successful. My friends, when you're out there gathering beans, if you have a chance to do some good for somebody, do it. And the real challenge, if you have a chance to harm somebody else, even for your own gain, don't do it. I want to encourage you, go out and support as many local real human being doing good for the community companies as you can and avoid as many of those gigantic, ginormous, soulless corporations as you possibly can. I want to encourage you to go out of your way to visit my awesome sponsors for this show and to check out our website, mission-peace.org. I want to remind everybody that we can disagree and we can still get along. Cooler heads will prevail and love will win. This has been Cooler Heads with Jed Hafer of Mission Peace, presented by Scott Seaman of applywithscott.com and by Jason Roshek from Coldwell Banker, First Choice Realty, and by Aspen Roofing Company, Inc. Tune in every Saturday at 3 p.m. for Cooler Heads and listen to the podcast on Podbean.